Hey, all you nostalgic jet setters. Welcome to 9021 Here We Go, the podcast that takes a look at each episode of the Beverly Hills 90210 franchise from Fox to the CW. One of us is a 9021 expert coming to you from the land of candy and chocolate. Where every <laughs> kid likes to go. Of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm Kendra Mickles and I'm seeing these episodes for the first time. Yeah, that's true. That, yep, yeah, that's it. That's what you are. Okay. I'm Nick Gunning, and I've seen them all. Our show is brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. Other shows on the network include This and Dorian Life, 90s Music Got Me Like, and Previously on X-Men. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Facebook or Twitter at Here We Go, or X, excuse me, at Here We Go Pod. <laughs> and please rate, subscribe, and share the show wherever you get your podcasts. First of all, Kendra, you sound great. Thanks. Nice to have your crisp, clear uh sound all again. i had to do was move from one house, house. to another house yeah. yeah last week kendra was moving and i was sick and i watched our episode but then i was still wanted to watch 90210 but i didn't want to get ahead and i didn't want to go back so i watched a little cw era 90210 which good i compromise. haven't done i haven't done that in a long time and i was like yeah this show's fun all right let's do it we'll get there yeah Eventually. Uh, today we're discussing Beverly Hills 90210 Season 7, Episode 24, Spring Breakdown. I guess. I, I don't. <laughs> nobody has a breakdown, but. <laughs> Let's tune in to CUTV. This year you can replay each day at 5 right here on your very own news network, CUTV. This episode originally aired on April 2nd, 1997. A couple of birthdays. Our old friend Jenny Garth turned 25 on April 3rd. Okay. April 8th, Evan Mock, who played Akeem Menzies in the Gossip Girl revival, was born. Now, I I still haven't finished the original run of Gossip Girl, so okay. I definitely okay. haven't seen the revival. You don't so know I'm who not he sure. is. Okay. And also on April 8th, Emma Caulfield Ford, who played Susan Keats, turned 24. Oh my gosh. Remember Susan? I, she was like a real character and not like a Tracy. Yeah, I, I almost long for the Susan days. I definitely do. One death to mention, April 5th, American poet Allen Ginsberg passed away oh. at age 70. I read On the Road. That's Jack Kerouac, but Allen Ginsberg is like a character in it. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Movies, April 4th, Kevin Smith's Chasing Amy, starring Ben Affleck and Joey Adams. Hmm. I wonder how that holds up. Have you ever I, seen that one? No, I've never seen it. Okay. The Saint, starring Val Kilmer, based on the old Roger Moore TV show. Oh, my gosh. I loved that movie. It's uh, Val Kilmer and Elizabeth Shue, and he's The Saint is like a spy, which basically his spy skills just mean he's charming. I like the Roger Moore show, but I loved this Val Kilmer movie when it came out. I was all about it. You have to be charming to be a spy. That's like you do. Yeah, a requirement. Well, yeah. That's, yeah, there's no doubt. Inventing the Abbots with Liv Tyler, Joaquin Phoenix, and Billy Crudup. I, so I've never seen this. I remember when it came out and it looked so like naughty and like, ooh, what's going on with the Abbots? So maybe I need to watch it now. It's probably nothing. How old was Liv Tyler in that movie? In the 90s? Uh, she probably would have been young, probably early 20s. Okay. I don't know what year Liv Tyler was born, I guess. I just, I think of, you know, 2001 Liv Tyler when she was in Lord of the Rings and she had oh. to be how old in that movie? Like mm. at least like 22, 23, right? I can confirm that she was born in 1977. So she would have been 20 years old in this movie. Okay. Okay. So, so she was a little older in yeah. Lord of the Rings then. 
Loved Liv. I had such a crush on Liv Tyler, mostly from that thing you do, but also Armageddon. <laughs> now and Lord also, of the Rings. <laughs> also now. No, because I never really was into Lord of the Rings. So, What's wrong with you? I don't know. I'm sorry. That old feeling with Bette Midler and Dennis <laughs> Frina. I do love this movie. Have you seen it? No. <laughs> Bette Midler is like an actress and Dennis Farina is like a famous novelist and they're divorced and they hate each other. Like they will not be in the same room together and their daughter's getting married. So they are in the same room together and then it get into a fight and the fight turns kind of sexy and then they run off together and leave their new spouses and their daughter like <laughs> behind and have a whole thing. I love it. Well, I do love enemies to lovers and I do okay. love... Um, whoops, one bed. So <laughs> Sounds I like love both completes, of those tropes. Yeah, this so, could be the, the trilogy end cap that you've been waiting for. On this. I'm trying to think of a Bette Midler movie I have seen that's not Hocus Pocus, Hocus and Pocus. nothing mm. is coming to mind. Hmm, The First Wives Club, maybe? Nope. Huh. I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of a Bette Midler movie that you would have seen. You definitely haven't seen, like, Beaches. No. I've I heard of know. Beaches. Nope. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Step separate wives? No. The Nicole, Nicole Kidman one? No? no. Okay. Well, then I guess you have it. Drowning Mona. I'm going to stop. <laughs> this is this is a fool's errand. TV, April 7th. Polly, which was Polly Shore's short-lived sitcom, was canceled <laughs> after five episodes, leaving two unaired. Oh, wah, wah, wah. What are you going to do? Failed to sustain an audience, bro. <laughs> I've never been a Polly Shore fan. Uh, I'm ride or die for Polly Shore, <laughs> or at least I was in the early 90s. <laughs> in the army now, jury duty, come on. No. Such a good time. Uh, Son-in-law with Tiffany Amber Thiessen? No. Uh-huh. Never no? seen it. Okay, well. Music. April 1st, Cindy Lauper released her fifth album, Sisters of Avalon. It peaked at number 188 on the Billboard 200 <laughs> chart. Yeah, Cindy Lauper in '97 is not the same. Girls that's just want to have fun. Cindy Lauper. Yeah, it's an interesting title for the album. It is. Yeah, it sounds like a Disney movie. Um, <laughs> have I ever told you my Cindy Lauper story? I probably have. Oh, I was, I'm sure you have. But go ahead. I was going to see Cher and Cindy Lauper in like a double header, and it was like two hours away from my house or something. This was in Michigan. I think it was in like Detroit or something. I don't know. And we got there like after driving for hours. And I remember getting the tickets, like at the Ticketmaster counter at JCPenney and everything. Very exciting times. <laughs> we get there, and they're like, yeah, share sick. So <gasps> turn around. Uh, it's off. It's off. That's yep. heartbreaking. So, yeah. So I was like, is Cindy fine? Can we can we see Cindy Lauper? But no, the whole thing was uh, the whole thing was off. I never saw Cindy Lauper in concert. I did finally see Cher in concert 20 years later, and it was worth the wait. I recommend it. It's a good show. <laughs> She knows what she's doing. Yeah, she's she's been doing it for a while. She's sure. April 8th, Third Eye Blind released their self-titled debut album. It eventually is certified six times platinum. It's a great album. Is it? Oh, okay. It's just like banger after banger after banger. Like all the Third Eye Blind songs, you know, probably on that album. From this album? Oh, wow. Have you guys done this on 90s music? We've done several Third Eye Blind songs. Have you? Okay. Yeah. October 28th, Bare Naked Ladies released a single featuring a live version of their song, Brian Wilson, for their album, Rock Spectacle. Great song. The song had gained a second wave of popularity after they started playing it live, and Brian Wilson himself even covered it. 
They sang. I'm going to say that's that's too meta. Brian Wilson singing the <laughs> Brian Wilson song. That, no, the, the world collapses in on itself. Yeah, that's too much. I mean, I love I love some meta, but uh, yeah, it's got to be right. That's a lot. They sang this song at the Peach Pit in the original broadcast version of this episode. Yeah, boy. Uh, there's like the elephant in the room. This was supposed to be like a bare naked ladies episode, and like I don't even think anybody says bare naked ladies, do they? They do. They, do say, they say it? Okay. yes. They say um, it's like off to the side as characters are doing something. You hear someone say, "That was the bare naked ladies," or oh. "We're the bare naked ladies." Okay, because there's a yeah. whole thing with you know Jason Priestley, who's like very Canadian, loved right. the bare naked ladies and helped get them, you know. Uh, get them going, really. And Mm -hmm. here they are in 90210, but we didn't get to see it, not even the DVD. Well, on the version I watched on Daily Motion, all of those Bare Naked Lady scenes are on there. So They are? Yes. Oh, cool. I mean, there were like three very long scenes of just them singing. Okay. So... All right. I only found one on YouTube, and it was like, yeah, okay, I guess that's the Bare Naked Lady singing. Yeah. Wasn't a lot of plot. Well, so. go anyway. to go to Daily Motion. I and, guess and so. Watch not that th- not that we not that we can. Of course that, not. We definitely don't. Don't. She meant to say, do not go to Daily yeah, Motion. Yeah. Don't. Uh, definitely not. DVDs. DVDs are nothing. All right, Nick. Take us beyond the zip code. All right. Let's talk about Cress Williams. Remember Deshaun? Sure do. Remember how Deshaun just like vanished? Yeah. That's sad. I wish that we were at least getting a maybe, maybe there's some cameo that's not on IMDb, but I sure don't remember. But I would like to see Deshaun at graduation, frankly. Yeah. I would like to see that. But I would anyway, too. anyway, uh, in 2021, Cress Williams, who played Deshaun, reprised his iconic role of Black Lightning for the final season of the CW's Flash. Woof. The Flash, Kendra. I tried so hard to finish that show. And then yeah. I tried to watch this. So Chris Williams was in the Armageddon crossover. And also in that crossover was Brandon Routh from, you know, Arrow or Legends of Tomorrow, who came back to play the Atom. And Javicia Leslie from Batwoman, which I watched all the way through. I was like, oh, if all those characters are in it, I got to watch it. I tried to watch it. And it was like the worst community theater, like <laughs> crazy Canadian public access channel show I've ever seen. I couldn't do it. It was so bad. It's not Chris Williams' fault. The I later think... seasons of those Arrow shows. Oh, my gosh. I think the last season of The Flash that we watched, and I'm not even sure if we finished it, was the the season where the whole season they're just trying to stop. They're trying to figure out a way to stop. Is it the reverse Flash from killing uh, oh. Alterface? His, I mean, you're, his des- girl. you're describing What's her name? season, basically. But Iris. it's like, yes, Iris. Um and it was just yeah, like, I, I can't do 30 episodes yeah. of this. It was just like every episode, like, is this how we fix it? Nope. Is this how we fix it? Nope. Oh, that, that season with The Thinker, which I did finish, was excruciating. I don't think I, I don't think we saw that one. I stopped watching Legends of Tomorrow when Brandon Routh left because he was like the last that I was like really <laughs> invested in. Yeah. Uh, the, so the only ones I've gone the distance on were Arrow. And getting through Arrow was like pulling teeth. I was like, Hillary, sit down. We're going to watch two episodes of Arrow yeah. right now. That's that what Eric it. had to do to That's me because I was like these like flashing oh, back to him, like working with the yeah. Russians. And like, I'm just like, I don't I, care. I, I don't care. I know. So I did Arrow and I did all three seasons of Batwoman. That's it. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll go back to it someday. I, I don't, don't think you will. I don't think you will. And I don't think it's worth it if you do. All right. Okay. All right. Well, our synopsis for Spring Breakdown. Cindy, 
rushes off to London to care for an ailing Brenda who comes down with mono. Just missing Brandon and Tracy who have come to visit Jim in Hong Kong. What are the odds? What are the odds? We could have had three out of four Walshes together, but Brenda's got the old kissing disease. Jim, surprised that he's never heard of Tracy, presses Brandon on his unresolved feelings for Kelly. Meanwhile, Val is hosting the Bare Naked Ladies at the After Dark. The band, not yeah. Bare Naked Ladies. Just Bare Naked Ladies. Yeah. yeah. While there, her scheme with Alan is revealed to Rob, but honestly, he's fine with it. He's, he is. He takes it like a champ. Yeah. He's like, you know what? I'm actually glad you were using me for money when I think about it. <laughs> At the Martin house, Felice and Donna clash over John's medical care, and it's up to David to smooth things out. Yes. I hated that storyline, but we'll get into it. What an episode. Okay. All right, Nick, who's living in Beverly Hills? Today's episode was directed by Charles Carell, and I was like, that's a new name. We've never had that before, but we have. He's directed an episode before. But I can tell you this is his second of seven episodes on the series, and... He was a cinematographer on Star Trek III, The Search for Spock, a.k.a. my favorite of the classic Star Trek movies. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. I think it's the most uh, quoted, for sure. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, written by Greg Plagerman and John Eisendrath. Main cast members, we got a return for James Eckhouse as Jim Walsh. I got to tell you, Kendra, I was very excited to see him. I was. I, I would have been more excited to see Cindy, I think, but I was excited. Really? To, yeah. Huh, but I was excited to see Jim. We got the Cindy episode last year. Remember Cindy yeah, walked in that's on... Yeah, uh, And Cindy... Well, Cindy did the vocal when she read the email in season six. Then she shows up in person. And Cindy and Jim are in the Steve birthday montage video. Happy right. birthday, Steve. Yes. So this, uh, this is the first season without Cindy. But Jim holds his streak. We got a Jim Walsh sighting in every season of the series so far. But yes, I was happy to see old Jimbo back. Returning players include Michael Durrell as Dr. John Martin, Catherine Cannon as Felice Martin, and what a pleasure. What a pleasure. It <laughs> oh, is as always. To see Felice. Uh, we have Jill Novick as Tracy Galian. I don't know if we talk about it enough, but uh, she's, she's on the show every week, and we don't like her, and that's her. <laughs> uh, Jason Lewis as Rob Andrews, Rick Harst as Alan Black. This is the final appearance of Bruce French as Dr. Abrahams, and what an arc that character's had. <laughs> uh, let's see. Other cast members include the band, the Bare Naked Ladies. Apparently, I'm, I've got this on good authority that the Bare Naked Ladies were in this episode. <laughs> they were there, I promise. And I further learned that they supposedly sang "Life in a Nutshell." Old Apartment, Brian Wilson. I so. only recognized Old Apartment. I didn't know the other two. You songs. didn't know Brian Wilson? No. Oh, interesting. Okay. I don't know "Life in a Nutshell." That's the one I found on YouTube, and I was like, never heard this song. But okay. <laughs> We have Scott Gurney as Pete, best known for playing Petty Officer Nick Montgomery on Baywatch. You remember this character, Kendra. Oh, of course. Nick Montgomery, Chief Petty Officer. Uh, well, he was a Petty Officer. I don't know if he was a Chief Petty Officer. But <laughs> yeah, let's not promote him unnecessarily. We have Paige Rowland as Heather Dixon. This is the starlet that Alan hooks up with. Uh, what's his name, Rob? Yeah. Uh, she's best known for her roles as Christine Fisher on All My Children and Deborah Thomas on Days of Our Lives. And she does have that daytime soap vibe about Oh, her. yes. Absolutely. So it makes perfect sense. And that's it. That's the crew. That's All the right. crew. Well, let's get into the episode. All right. Our cold open. I didn't really see all of it where I watched it. So you'll have to fill me in. Claire is trying to get Kelly to come to the premiere party for the movie at the Peach Pit After Dark. And Kelly's like, no. 
I'm not oh. going. This is where Kelly's like fixing a chair. Is this yeah. the Kelly fixing a chair montage? Yeah, yeah that's she's pretty be- much it. Okay. She's become Kelly's- obsessed with this chair, fixing this chair. She's putting a lot of symbolism in the fact that like, if I can fix this chair, it's like fixing my relationship with Brandon. Yeah. We don't just get rid of things because they're old. We try to fix them like this chair and my relationship with Brandon. <laughs> and Claire's like, girl, get in the car right yeah. now. And she's still, she's still got the ring. She's still wearing the engagement ring. Once people know, I mean, once I feel like this is a point like hearts have fallen at this point. The, the jig is up, Kelly. Your friends know that you're wearing this engagement ring. Well, they ring don't know yet. Refused. They don't know yet. Oh, is that this episode? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then it's okay. Kendra, I watched this in the middle of a fever dream. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. They don't know yet. They're they don't not... know. Okay. So this is a secret still. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. After the intro, we go to Hong Kong. And um, we re- definitely really did too. It was definitely Hong Kong. Are you being sarcastic? I am sarcastic. Yeah, it was not Hong Kong. I couldn't tell. Well, they really tried to let us know with the music that they chose. Oh, my gosh. I was just like, okay. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Um, Brandon and Tracy arrive at Casa Walsh East, I think is what Jim calls it. Yes. Casa Walsh East. And they're just like. (laughs) Go ahead. The craziest clothes, by the way. When they're when they're like at the at Kasha Walls West and they're saying goodbye to Valerie and everything, when they have this whole scene where they're getting ready to go, they're both wearing like layers and Brandon's wearing like pleated dockers and like a blazer and a suit. I'm like, my man, you're gonna be on a plane for what, twelve hours? How long? How long is that flight? Was that in the cold open? I it definitely happened. Okay, because I didn't see that. Oh, you didn't have that scene. Oh no. yeah. Yeah. They're getting ready to go, and there's these terrible costumes. Well, I guess California to Hong Kong, maybe you're still going across an ocean, but yeah, when not I'm as bad as, when I'm yeah. flying, I'm in like sweatpants or like oh, exercise yeah. pants and a t-shirt. Yep. You got to, yeah, yeah. They would die on that flight. That was horrible. <laughs> well, they aren't. They're not feeling the jet lag. They want to get out there, see the sights. Um, but Jim suggests that maybe they like settle in for a little bit and then they can go out. Yeah, it's funny because Jim's like, I know you're on California time, but it's 7 a.m. here. And I thought he was going to say like 3 a.m. or yeah. something. But like <laughs> 7 a.m.? Roll with it, Jim. Let's go. Go get some breakfast. I love how I just, it's funny to me that Jim and Cindy's apartment is so like, I feel like stereotypically like, all right, a set dresser. Hey, we need this to look like an apartment in Hong Kong. Yeah. Never mind that <laughs> Jim and Cindy are from Minnesota. They like really went for it, the look. I I couldn't tell if they were in their apartment or a hotel room. I know. Yeah. (laughs) I think it is the apartment, though. It is the apartment. That's what's so funny about it. It's just like, yeah, I guess Cindy went to like Pier 1 Imports like a lot, (laughs) I guess. Well, speaking of Cindy, we learn that she will not be seen because Brenda has mono and she had to go to London to take care of her. Yeah. That's that's the plan that made the most sense. If you as an adult have mono, your parent has to fly across multiple countries to get yeah. to you to care for you. Yeah. Never mind That's that your boyfriend lives there with you. Right. Right. And yeah. mono basically just means you're lying on a couch. It's not like a kidney transplant is what I'm saying. <laughs> I think Brenda would have been okay. Yeah. 
And they they kind of talk about, like, it's been a really long time since they've all been together. Yeah. So Tracy takes that as her cue to go unpack. And Jim is like, hey, Tracy seems nice. Like, how come you've never, you never mentioned her before? Yeah. <laughs> Brandon just says, oh, you know, there's there's some stuff I keep to myself. Uh, yeah, like a serious girlfriend, I guess. Yeah. Um, and they, they have a hug. They've missed each other. Yeah. At the hospital, Dr. Martin is doing better, and it is time for him to come home. So he and Donna are having a conversation, and he is, you know, he's a little down because he he doesn't have, he's paralyzed in his right arm. Yeah. And I think his, I think his whole right side, his like, whole right side. Yeah. Cause I think, side, I think it's yeah. his leg too. That's rough. That is rough stuff. And he also, um, his short term memory is not great. Right. At the moment yeah. either. So, mm-hmm. but Dawn is very hopeful. She's like, you know, you're going to be home. We're going to help you. You're going to get your full function back. It's going to be great. Yeah. So she goes out in the hall to talk to Felice and overhears Felice telling the doctor, like, thank you. This this rehab facility is going to be so great. We're so excited for him to go to the West Hollywood Rehab Center. Of course. So Donna is upset by this. She thought that he was coming home, but Felice is saying he's not ready to come home. You know, he needs to go to this rehab center where they can give him all the help he needs. But Donna says he's not going to make as much progress there as he would make at home. And they they have an argument. She's like, how could you do this to him? And Felice says, don't make this harder than it has to be. Yeah, um, I, I was I really torn about this, Kendra. I spent the whole time being like, who? I mean, I know that we're supposed to side with Donna, but like he just had a very serious stroke and can't use half of his body. And he's like a big guy, you know, like I just I did not side with Donna. I was okay. like, you have the money to send him to a rehab center. And you're right. saying no. Yeah, like I, th- I think that he would get a lot of help at a rehab yeah, center. Yeah, I do too. I do too. And I think that you could have strengthened Donna's point if Donna would have been like, "Look, I talked to Kelly and Claire. I'm moving back home for the long haul, like you and I together." But she's not saying that. No, she's like, "Yeah, you can handle this, Mom. I gotta go to you know college prom or whatever Donna's messing with these days. <laughs> college but, prom. College prom." But, like, that's not what she's saying. She's saying, like, you can do this, and I'll yeah. come and visit sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah, I wasn't really on Donna's side either, but yeah. I understood that was the POV of the episode that we were supposed to be like, how dare you, Felice? But I was kind of like, eh. Yeah, if this happened to my close family member and there was an option to, like, have them go to a nice place where they would get help, like, I don't yeah. know. You got to learn how to do it. Yeah. You, know? you got to learn how to do it. I don't know. It's weird. At Rob's house, uh, Rob and Val are in bed. They sit, still doesn't have the bed set up. It's just like mattress on the floor. Very, yeah, very crack attic chic, I feel like, what they're doing. (laughs) And they're, you know, they seem very happy together. But as they're laying there, um, Alan, the manager, Rob's manager, calls to check in with Valerie to make sure he's coming to this party you know, she's getting she's holding up her end of the bargain, getting him to do the things that Alan wants him to do. Right. Right. Yeah. 
And Val begrudgingly is like, yes, like, it's fine. We'll be there. Mm-hmm. So she has to kind of talk Rob into going to the party. He doesn't really want to go to this premiere party. Right. Um, but she, you know, talks him into it. And he makes some sort of comment about like, oh, you're just like Alan. You want another piece of me. And yeah. she says, don't say that. I care about you. Take it back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> she is taking money from Alan and definitely, you know, using him. So what are you going to do? I don't It's It is a weird vibe because I think this, we were kind of like, is she playing an angle? Is she, but no, she just has taken the money. Yeah. Like she's not being altruistic. I don't really even think she's telling herself no. that she's being altruistic. Back in Hong Kong, Brandon and Jim are talking and they, you know, kind of talk about, you know, does Brandon have plans post-college? And he says, yes, he's got some stuff in the works and, Jim. I still I'm confused about like didn't Brandon get like this prestigious fellowship? When is that supposed to happen? Has it happened? Is it happening? Will oh, it happen? Yeah, he did get that. Yeah. I so don't like know. is that an after school? I don't it's like they never brought it up again, so who knows? I don't know. All right. I've totally forgot about that. Yeah. Jim kinda asks about everybody and then's like, Oh, well, how's Kelly doing? And mm-hmm. Brandon kind of plays it off and you know, is like, whoa, what's the third degree about my ex here? Um, and Jim's like, okay, whatever. Fine. I really liked their vibe. I liked their dynamic. It felt, yeah. I don't know. I just, I forgot how much I liked having the Walshes around because it's been so long. It has. Tracy is ready to go sightseeing. Seeing, so the three of them head out mm-hmm. into Hong Kong. It's going to be a long week. <laughs> At Kelly Donna Claire's, Claire is trying to make Kelly feel better about the Hong Kong trip. She's like, oh, I bet they're just at each other's throats. I bet they're breaking up right now. Yep. Steve is waiting on Claire so they can go to this premiere Mm -hmm. or the party at the Peach Pit After Dark. And Steve sits in the chair that Kelly has been fixing and it just collapses. Disassembles. Yeah, it does. Yeah. His scream is so funny. Like yeah. when he falls is very funny. Yeah. <laughs> it was really ah, it was like a prat yeah. fall. It was really it funny. Was. It was. Um so <laughs> Kelly is, you know, upset because she's been working on this chair and Claire's like, Oh well, guess you gotta come to the party. Yeah. And she says, You know what? Fine. I am gonna go to the party. Yep. Yep. Chair's broken just like a relationship with Brandon. Yep. Back at Rob's house, the limo arrives to take them to the party. And inside the limo is Alan, the manager. Mm-hmm. Surprise. And yep. he's got someone else in there with him. A date for Rob. That's right. Heather Dixon. Yes. His newest actress that he has signed. Yes. yes. And he wants Rob to take her to the party as his date. Yeah. Makes Rob sense. Rob refuses. He says, no, like, I'm going with Valerie. But then Alan says, oh, well, I'm sure Valerie understands. Wink. Yeah. And Valerie's like, oh, yeah. Go ahead. It's fine. So the Valerie's two of them get, them get in the limo. Yeah. Gotta, gotta make that money somehow. <laughs> At the Peach Pit, Donna and David are discussing the Dr. Martin issue because yes. as college students, they are in charge of their of her father's um, yes, health of course. and well-being. Of course they are. Yeah. So they're, you know, 
discussing Wait, options. Are they still and... in college? Because I haven't seen the inside of a classroom since <laughs> they are. Valerie had that business class. They're okay. in college. Okay. Dr. Martin always said, apparently, that oh, nothing no. works as well as a little TLC when you're feeling uh, sick. Yep. Yep. And Donna tells this whole story about when she was sick, Dr. Martin would... What would he do? You you remember better than I he do. Would, he would hang crystals in her window like you would come and hang these prisms in her window and be like these are going to transport you to the land of candy and chocolate where all good little kids go and feel better and heal and she was like it was so magical and it healed me every time and i was like that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard in my life it was it was dumb i hate nonsense it. it was such a weird poorly written scene i was very puzzled by that yeah but her point is that she always felt better being in her room when she was sick sure and so David said, okay, I'm going to get some more information about home care and see if this is really a possibility. And finally, somebody's thinking. It's just, yeah. <laughs> Donna, like having a cold when you're eight is not the same as having a debilitating stroke when you're an elderly man. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty so. different. Pretty so. different. It's the same thing as when her Joe had like a heart condition and she's like, get yeah. this experimental surgery. Yeah, just it's the it. best thing just for you it. to do. Just do it. Let me crack your chest open like a toolbox and mess around <laughs> in there and you'll be fine. Just do it, you baby. At the Peach Pit After Dark, it is party time. And bare naked ladies <laughs> are here. Apparently. For the party, you know, best yeah. party music that you could yeah, ever what ask What is the for? cover at the Peach Pit After Dark? You paying like 600 bucks to get in? Because I don't understand. One week it's Luther Vandross. Here we yeah. got the Bare Naked Ladies. Yeah, I don't we know. We had the cores. I I good for them. How do you feel personally about the Bare Naked Ladies? I love the Bare Naked Ladies. As do oh, I. Oh, yeah. I got, a lot I. Of, I got a lot of songs. Though, a lot of their songs had a regular rotation, both in my head and on uh, various devices. So, yeah, yeah. Big fan. Same. Nobody can say the word it's been without me being like, it's been. Oh, yeah. So, it, exactly. Know. I do you the same do thing. It. You yep. cannot do it. A guy tries to hit on Kelly, um, and we find out later his name is Pete. And what does he say? Like, have we met before? And she says, yeah, in your dreams, and just yeah. brushes him off. Yeah. She, Kelly is not having a good time at this party. <laughs> no, she's not. She's not. Yep. Rob and Heather arrive and meet Claire, Kelly, and Steve. And they're like, well, well, where's Valerie? And Rob says it's a long story. And now Kelly's interest is piqued. She's like, yeah. oh, yeah. interesting. Some drama going on here. Yep. Val and Alan arrive together. And Valerie goes up to the group and asks, you know, have you seen Rob? And Kelly's like, oh, it looks like he's over there with, oh, what's her name? Heather? And he, she says, oh, I like her dress, Heather's dress. And Valerie's like, oh, yeah, looks like the one Tracy took to Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah, I laughed right out loud at that one. It was, was very like, funny. Yeah, got her. Woo! Very funny. <laughs> it was. It was. Well delivered. Back in Hong Kong, they're walking the streets and talking about the history of Hong Kong. Yes. I don't know. It was dumb. And they <laughs> they stop at this stand where this man is selling a book. And the book, he tells them, is about a prince who's in love with two princesses. Yeah. And he can't choose between them. So 
he's on a ship and it drowns and he drowns in his indecision. indecision. He drowns yeah. in his indecision. He's like, and one of the princesses' name was Kelly and the yeah. other was Tracy. What are the odds? <laughs> and so it was, it was subtle, but I was able to apply it to our, our current plight. <laughs> Yeah. With these characters. Well, Brandon and Tracy pick up on it right away. And they're like, let's go somewhere else. Let's leave. Let's leave this immediately. At the Peach Pit After Dark, Rob is getting interviewed. And Valerie comes up to Heather and is like, oh, this director wants to meet you. What director did she say? Oh, f- who was it? I forget. Not Quentin Tarantino. Because no. he was hanging out at the Peach Pit After Dark. Uh, this is we're gonna need a listener submission because I can't remember. I what can't it was. remember either. But Cameron Crowe. Cameron Crowe. Cameron Crowe. That's Cameron what it Crow. is. Yep. Yeah. So she puts Val or she puts Heather in a limo and is like, "He's dying to meet you. Go meet him." And then she pays the limo driver to get stuck in traffic on mm-hmm. their way to the Beverly Hilton Hotel. Yep. yep. Classic Val. Yeah, I love it. I love so seeing sneaky. it. Back in Hong Kong, the trio have stopped at a restaurant to eat, and they're talking about, you know, the political climate in Hong Kong and if Jim is worried about it. I'm not really sure the, the what was happening at the time. They keep talking about a communist takeover, and do you know oh. the history there? Yeah, well, Hong Kong was like a British territory for like many, many years, like a generation. And then it was like China was being like, all right, done now. We're going to take this back. So it was going from like essentially being under British rule to being under Chinese rule, which would be, you know, somewhat gotcha. of a democracy to, you know, communism. So thank, thank you. Big, I, I figured it was something there. like that because yeah. they kept bringing it up, but I yep. didn't look into it. Yeah, I think they were just were shoehorned in. It was like, well, we can't be in Hong Kong and not talk about the thing that's happening right, right now. So yeah, I'm glad they included it. It would have been weird not to. Brandon asked Jim for advice about like life, like what he should do after college. He's like, you know, I flew all this way. What's your advice? And his advice is don't ask what's in the bird nest soup and find something you love doing and the rest will take care of itself. Look at that. And Tracy chimes in, I think that everything falls into place after you find someone you love. Aww. Clearly, that's Tracy. Yep. Clearly, he's found that person. At, I think this is the Hollywood Hills house, David's house, that he still lives in, even though. (laughs) We saw that house, and I was like, two questions. One, is he just subletting from Mark? What happened there? Because David's just owning it. Number two, is David still rich? Because... Hmm. He got all that money from his grandpa and it made him crazy for an episode. Maybe he bought the house from Mark. Maybe he did with all that money from his grandpa. So David found out a lot about home care. He went to this support group and they, you know, showed him all these things that you can have in your house to help you um, through everything. So that's exciting. But he says, you know, we can outfit the house, but that's only part of like that's the least problematic part of it. So he has Donna put her left arm behind her back and he gives her an orange and is like, can you peel this? And then he gives her a drink and is like, open the drink. Mm. And Donna says, well, you know, we're going to do this stuff for him. He doesn't need to do these things. Sure. And she says, well, David says, your mom's going to have to do it. Like you're not going to be there all the time. Yeah. I wonder if she would have been able to do it if there were prisms hanging in the window because there weren't. Maybe. And I think that was a big part of the healing. I, I think, yeah, I think that's the missing link. 
He David also mentions if you use this stuff to lobby your dad, like your mother is going to go ballistic when she mm-hmm. finds out that you did this. And rightfully so, honestly. Yeah. And Donna says, you know, I've if I'm going to choose one way or the other here, I'm going to choose my dad and what's yeah. best for him because apparently yeah. she knows what's best. At the Peach Pit After Dark, uh, bare naked ladies still still playing, still having a good time. I think this Take is your word. This, your yeah, word. this is the scene on YouTube that you sent me. Oh, okay. I okay. believe so. Kelly right. comes back to Pete, the guy that yes. hit on her. Yeah, and you know says that she's changed her mind because now she says you know it's not enough for me to be happy. My enemies also have to be miserable. <laughs> so <laughs> she's been happily watching the whole Valerie. Uh, drama that's been going on yes yes they also toast to broken chairs and he doesn't pete doesn't know what that means he doesn't get it but kelly's pretty enough to get away with it valerie and alan have a little face-off where she says you know uh you are his manager but i think i'm calling the shots because you need me to get him to do anything you want to do so yeah I, i think i'm the one who's in charge here Back at the hospital, Donna and David are giving John the the rundown on what it would be like for him to live at home. And he said he isn't coming home. He says, you know, this outfitting the house isn't the answer. We think it's it's best if I go to rehab. And Donna thinks, like, is this really is this really you talking? Is this mom talking? And she says, you're not a burden. And he says, I'm not. And I have no intention of becoming one. Yeah. All valid points. Donna's the one who's taking away his agency here. Yeah. Honestly, Like it's just, it's not cool. And also rehab by its nature is temporary. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not like we're talking about putting him into some sort of permanent residential facility. It's like a temporary rehab to ease his transition back home. They treat it like he's being locked up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's weird. Back at the Peach Pit After Dark, Kelly has really been hitting the drinks. So Claire tries to get her to stop, tries to get her to come home, but she wants to keep hanging out with Pete. They're having a a good old time. Mm -hmm. Rob asks Alan to apologize to Valerie, which he kind of does, but then he says, you know, uh, I paid her $10,000 to... To get you to sign the contract for the movie you didn't yeah, want to yeah. do, uh, good for good for Alan uh, outing her like that. I thought that was yeah. a, a good move, but apparently not the smartest because Rob fires Alan. Yep, right on the spot. Yep, and Valerie kind of says, you know, like, oh, I I did this because to to show you what a snake he is. Mm-hmm. But Rob doesn't really want to hear it, so no, he leaves. Also, she she did not tell him that, so. I don't know how helpful that would have been. You right. Know? Right. She only, it's just, it's very flimsy. Yeah. Back in Hong Kong, Tracy went home in a cab and Jim and Brandon are at a bar or something, just hanging out. And Jim mentions that he actually is very nervous about, you know, the political change that's happening in Hong Kong yeah. and what it's going to yeah. mean. 
Yes, I did. I did get specifics on that. So Hong Kong was a British territory. It had 156 years of British rule, and on July 1st, 97, it was transferred back to China. So this episode is set like April 97. So it's just before. Ah, okay, yeah. gotcha. Jim pivots the conversation back to Tracy and asks, you know, well, how much, how much do you care? about Tracy. Not enough. And Brandon says a little less than she cares about me. Yeah, true. And Jim presses the Kelly issue. He says, you know, I can see that you still care about Kelly. But um, Brandon tells him about the whole ring thing and how he returned the ring. And um, he says, you know, that means it's over. Like, why else would I bring Tracy to Hong Kong? And Jim is like, okay, fine. You know what you're doing, apparently. and No, what Jim says to that is kind of telling. He's like, Brandon says, why else would I bring Tracy to Hong Kong? And Jim says, because I sent you two tickets. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I feel like that's just a good little kind of a dad jab to get in there, because that is why. Like, yeah. Brandon didn't ask for two tickets. He didn't right. ask to bring Tracy. He didn't say, hey, I want you to meet the love of my life. You know, he just was like, well, I got two tickets and you found out. So, yeah. Back at the Peach Pit After Dark, Bare Naked Ladies are singing Old Apartment. I love that one. Steve's dancing in this scene really made me laugh. <laughs> I, like, I don't think I saw he it. He was like funny dancing all over Claire. It was oh, very funny. funny. But Claire is upset. She's like watching Kelly and just like unhappy with how the evening is unfolding. So Kelly is talking with Pete and he leans in to try and kiss her and she backs off from the kiss and somehow he like grabs her necklace or something and the ring falls on the floor yeah so now she's on the floor looking like a crazy person looking for this ring she's really intense about it steve and claire see this happening and so they run over to try and help and they end up finding the ring and pete's like this girl's weird i'm i'm out of (laughs) here and that's a wrap on pete everyone yeah Good job, Pete. Uh, Look, I get to a certain extent keeping the ring, like putting the ring, like having it. I don't get wearing it around your neck like it's your boyfriend's class ring and you're in ninth grade. (laughs) That's weird. Yeah, I mean, I guess it shows that she is really still hung up on him. She is, yeah. Back at the hospital, Donna finds Felice in John's room. He's not there. He's off taking x-rays or something. Mm -hmm. But Felice has found out that she, um, you know, has been filling his head with thoughts of being at home. Yeah. And she's very upset. She says, you know, I told you to leave it alone. I told you not to make this harder. Your life isn't the one that's going to change. Like my life is going to change and I can't do it. I can't do all the things he's going to need me to do. I feel like this is like Felice is still like a nightmare, but I feel like this is a rare time where like she's kind of being open about the fact that like she's not, she's not capable of doing this. Like she's not, strong enough or like whatever she's saying but she's kind of like owning it in this moment and i thought that was kind of interesting because we don't see it yeah the thing that frustrates me from like a writing standpoint is that i don't think that donna ever receives the message that this is never going to be her problem yeah you know she never is like i was not thinking this through she just keeps pushing she just keeps being like give up your entire life to do this yeah she's like you're scared you won't be alone like right 
we'll get help and I'll be there sometimes when I'm not yeah. in school or graduating. Right. Yeah, I'll swing by every once in a while. So she convinces her yeah. to to let John come home. Yeah. Great. 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 It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. Back at Rob's house, Valerie brings over a rose to apologize. That should do it. And she says, you know, I always had your best interest at heart. I was just trying to show you what a jerk he is. And that's why I took the money. Of course, makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so Rob is like, okay, well, why don't you be my manager now? <laughs> and at first she says, you know, I don't mix business and pleasure. But he says, you know, I'd rather give you 10% than some shark. Yeah. And so she's like, okay, I'll be Wild. your manager. Wild. What a great case of failing upward, you know? <laughs> yep. Back in Hong Kong, Tracy is looking at the book again that they found yes, at the yes, stupid. Yes, yes, And so. she she purchased the book. She said it struck a chord with her. And Brandon is like, I thought... I thought we were past this. Like I thought we were moving on. And she says, well, it's, you know, it's still a wound. It's it, the wound is still healing. And mm-hmm. she says, tell me that I'm just not tying you over until someone else comes along. And he says, absolutely not. You're the, mm-hmm. you're the one for me, baby. Mm-hmm. I just like, at this point, I'm like, Tracy have some self-respect. Like, I know he is just not that into you. Like you, Mm-mm. it shouldn't be this hard. You shouldn't have to continually ask him Mm-mm. if he wants to stay with you. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I hope there's someone listening who needed to hear that. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> don't let yourself. Don't be a Tracy. Okay. Yeah. Don't, don't be a Tracy. Be this way. Don't do it. At the Martin house, David has helped set up the house. He like installed a bar in the shower, and he did stuff to the staircase. So and and hung prisms in the window. The prisms are Thank there. Goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> so Dr. Martin and Felice arrive and they think the house looks awesome. They're all very happy that he's home. And Felice tells Donna she did a wonderful job. Of course she did. Yeah. The last scene is at Kelly Donna Claire's. Steve wakes up Kelly after her, you know, she's she's got a killer hangover. Yes, yes. And <laughs> She, um, he just tells her, you've got to, you've got to give up on Brandon. Like, I, I realize what this ring is. Like, how on earth did you get it? Mm-hmm. And she says, you know, that she went back and bought it. And he's like, you, you cannot do this to yourself. Like, take Amen. the ring, put it in a box, put it out of sight so that you can get over Brandon. And she asked Steve not to tell Brandon about the ring. So now mm-hmm. Steve and Claire know about the ring. Yeah. Now we know. Now we know. Yes. So this is the point where it's over, Kelly. You cannot yeah. wear that ring anymore. <laughs> so Steve leaves the room and Kelly goes to her closet and puts the ring into a box. Oh. And that's that. Okay. All right, Kendra. You know what I'm going to ask, but what's your 90210 snap? Um, I will, I'll give it to when Alan reveals that Valerie took the $10,000. She's on the take. That's a good one. 
I got to give it to the Val's dress line. It was just too perfect. Oh, it was so it was good. Too perfect. You could have added a slap in that scene and nothing would have had to have changed. Yeah. You know? It was, it was great. great. Verdict overall? I don't know. I just like the whole Donna storyline. I, I can't remember the last time I enjoyed a Donna storyline, honestly. I'm going to say never. Yeah. <laughs> um, hate, hate Tracy. <laughs> I mean, Valerie's yeah. doing Valerie things, which I yeah. always enjoy. So yes. that's yeah. fine. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was it was an okay episode. Love seeing the bare naked ladies. So sure, sure. That brings it yeah. up to three stars automatically. Okay, okay. I think we're pretty in sync about this. I think I was more excited to see Jim than you were. I was like, yay, the Jim a, episode. A little more, yeah. Like, I knew that it was coming, and so I kept, was this the gym episode? Is this the gym episode? So, no. I was happy to see him. Really liked the scenes between him and Brandon. I felt like it had the old vibe. Though my wife disagreed. She was like, ooh, they're a little rusty. But I don't think so. I felt like they had it. I, I think like so, too. I think so, too. Um, I'm, I don't know what we're doing with the Brandon Tracy anymore. Like, it's just been on the same level for so long. Yeah. Uh, I don't really get the impression that, I guess Brandon openly admitting that she's more into him is something. That is. But we've all known that, but I guess he said it aloud. So I don't know. I liked it fine. It was it was corny, but I liked yeah. it. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Well, Kendra, uh, next time we're going to be talking about season seven, episode 25, Heaven Sent. And you probably think that's sent like you're sending a letter, but it's sent as in smell. <gasps> oh. Heaven sent as in smell. All but right. until then, you can catch me every other week on the Sindorian Life, a Star Wars podcast right here on the network. And also for my day job at the David A. Hale Public Library, But Have You Tried, where we just talked about the series Joan of Arcadia, which I've never seen before. And let's just say 90210 does come up in the episode. Ooh, so. excellent. Yep. You? What about you, Kendra? Uh, new house, new me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm, but yeah. I'm still Miss Beesbox ninety one on are. Twitter, and still have a podcast called Nineties yeah. Music Got Me Like. It's or, been so long you forgot the title. That's I did. I did. Yeah, that's but you know we've we've moved now, so I, I think we're going to be recording soon. I Halloween comeback special. I don't know. I love I'm a Halloween. Saying, I feel like theme. You know. It's right there. Okay. Well, until then, Kendra, 902 and here we go. Here we go.